and welcome to another exciting episode of FW Presents, the anthology show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and this week we are talking about Peacemaker, the amazing HBO Max original series that just concluded its first season a couple of weeks ago. And joining me to talk about this very interesting series are two fellow network all-stars, Max Romero. Hi, Max. Peace, everyone. <laughs> and, and Paul Kian. Hi, Paul. I love peace so much, I'm willing to kill for it. <laughs> <laughs> and our very special guest, our guest of honor, is the man who has put more words into the mouth of Peacemaker than even James Gunn, Paul Coverberg. Hi, Paul. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> it feels like a game uh, show here. Hey, oh. everybody, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since this show debuted, I was like, I have got to talk to Paul Kupperberg about this because this is like, and we'll get into it and why this is like, this is such a, like a, a, a perfect meeting of like my comics history growing up and Paul's work in comics. And then this fun series is going to be, oh my God, I can't wait to get into all of it. But first, we have to thank our sponsor for this episode of FW Presents. FW Presents. This episode of FW Presents is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for to 45% off for three shipping of $50 or more. Hey, Paul, what do you got? So I brought with us Doom Patrol, the Bronze Age Omnibus hardcover. Uh, it is primarily written by somebody named Paul Kupperberg, mm. uh, with art by Joe Staten and various others. And the uh, synopsis on Instock in stock trade says following the end of their original series in 1968 the world's strangest heroes made their return in 1977 in a series of tales that jumped across titles and featured appearances by supergirl superman the suicide squad and more this volume and i have it right in front of me because I, I own this collects showcase 94 to 96 dc comics presents 52 daring new adventures of supergirl 7 to 9 doom patrol 1 to 18 Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad Special Number One, Superman Twenty, Doom Patrol Annual One, and stories from Secret Origins Annual and Superman Family One Ninety One to One Ninety Three. Almost none of which have been collected before. My favorite thing, however, is that in this and from the back cover, it also presents the lost, never before published Doom Patrol fill-in issue, written by Paul with art by Rick Stasi. And uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes material, and I'd love to get your take on it at some point, Paul, but it's, it's fascinating to me. This was like an inventory story, and it, in the, the omnibus has the script as well as the pencils, but it was never finished beyond that. The great collection it is regularly priced at $125 for the 1,056 pages Jeez. in this mammoth book. Uh, but in stock trades price is seventy two fifty. You save forty two percent and get free shipping right off the bat because it's over fifty bucks. Good deal. Before we even get to my pick, Paul, what is what is the Doom Patrol fill-in issue that you wrote with Rick Stasi? Uh well, uh, back in the mid late eighties, um, there was a lot of late running books at DC Comics. Um, actually, it was still going on into the nineties. I used to, when I was on staff, uh, editorial staff at DC, and the in the 90s, we used to go to these weekly uh, editorial meetings where Mike Carlin would yell at everybody for being late. <laughs> and he'd even yell at himself for being late. It was, it was, it was uh, strange to watch. Disturbing, too. But anyway, <laughs> um, as, um, uh, in order to help combat that, um, they put Julie Schwartz in charge of commissioning and getting a whole swath of, uh, of fill-ins done. Um, mainly 
to hold over the heads of the editor saying, if you're late, we're going to run this instead. Um, so, yeah, there, that, that was uh, that. I also wrote a Green Lantern uh, story that Rick also drew, coincidentally. Hmm. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so that was that. And it just kind of sat in the draw. Uh, I had copies of the pencils and the script. Um, mm. And um, when they got in touch with me about the omnibus, I actually had a lot of uh, most of that stuff, um, you know, from in the back of the book. Uh, all that that extras is, is from my, you know, from my files. I had very the, cool. I had the, you know, the proposal and and whatever. So wow, okay, so it was like so it was like a one and done, and like it didn't it didn't have anything to do with any of the ongoing storylines. So you could just kind of no. plug it in wherever it needed to go. No, it was a negative woman story. You know, negative okay. woman goes home to Russia and, mm. uh, which was still the Soviet union. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. I, back, I'm picturing this story of like the doom patrol where they're like, Hey guys, do you remember back in the sixties? And then it like goes to like a reprint or something. <laughs> remember that? Remember the old thing? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, no, those, those were great. I mean, <laughs> You know, it well it depended on the reprint. You know, if I had the comic, it was it was you know pissed me off. If not, great. Yeah, it's awesome. Great. All of a sudden, everybody looks like uh, Bruno Permanotti drew them. It's interesting. Okay, well, anyway, Paul, uh, that is an awesome pick, man. Thank you. So, uh, I you know, there's not a lot of Peacemaker uh, stuff over on Insectoids <laughs> at the moment, but there is a couple. There is a couple more uh, books by Paul Coverberg. So I picked another one written by Paul because you know why not? He's here. Let's wax his helmet. I picked uh, Archie the Married Life. Volume six by, of course, Paul Kupperberg. (laughs) Drawn by Fernando Ruiz and Various. And it's the comic book event of the century. The death of Archie Andrews read the entire story the world is discussing in this heart-wrenching finale to the Married Life graphic novel series as Archie Andrews, America's most beloved character, sacrifices his life heroically with saving the life of a close friend, bringing to a close the acclaimed storyline that revealed the future of Archie and his friends. Mary Life Book 6 is an essential addition to the library of any graphic novel fan and features what is sure to be one of the most discussed finales in the history of comics and entertainment. 336 pages, normal price $19.99, but in stock trades price is only $9.99. That is 50% off, not even 42% off, 50% off, which means, uh, as, as Paul uh, Cam pointed out, if you, buy, if you buy the Doom Patrol book, you're already getting free shipping. But if you bought this book and that book, you would be getting a almost 1500 pages of Paul Coverberg writing. That's a lot of writing, Paul. I mean, I know you, that's I, like a uh, week's worth of work for you, but still, that's a lot. That you could you could hurt yourself. I <laughs> I uh, you know, I it, it's hard to read those um uh the omnibuses without hiring a spotter. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing books. So, uh for these and all the other trade paperback needs, visit instocktrades.com. Okay, now let's talk about the, uh, we're going to talk about Peacemaker for a bit. We're going to start by talking about the, the comic book version of the character. But before we, we start, just to kind of uh, give everybody, uh, you know, a heads up of these shows of, of what they're going to be hearing. Because, of course, we've got two people on this call whose initials are PK and are Paul K. It's very annoying. Max, thank you to your parents for not naming <laughs> you Paul. We very much appreciate that. Um, so what I'm going to do is when I'm referring to Paul Coverberg, I'm going to just say Paul. And I'm referring to Paul Kien. I'm going to say eagerly, and that's what we call. No, 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 I'm kidding. I will, I will just say Kien, 
and that'll be Paul's that but Paul Ken will know that he's the one I'm talking to. So there you go. That, there you go. That works for everybody. That's just, Wait, I'm writing this down. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we got it. yeah I just want to make sure I got it. Okay. It's like it's like the key they used to have in the back of the Superman versus Muhammad Ali book. Yeah, that's figure right. One and two, whatever. So okay, I'm number Paul. 82. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think you are. So uh, all right. So Paul, um, while you were at Charlton. Uh, like all the, you, did you have any dealings with any of the comic action heroes? I know they had been retired through most of the seventies, but did you, did you ever get to do anything with, with that, with Peacemaker while you were there? No, nothing to do with any of those. I, I worked on the horror, uh, anthologies, you know, just, right. just that okay. stuff. Um, they weren't really doing much with the superheroes at that time. That was 1975. Um, so, you know, we were just at the tail end of like, uh, you know, E-Man and things like, oh, E-Man was probably done by then. Cause I think that was what, 72 or 73 mm-hmm. and there are only 10, 10 issues or so. So, you know, um, they really weren't doing much with the superheroes. So I just did the, the horror stuff. Um, it wasn't until, you know, uh, DC acquired the characters in right. the early eighties. Um, and, um, at some point, forget exactly when, um, there was plans afoot to use them. Um, and, uh, like a weekly series or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blockbuster comics or blockbuster. Yeah. Or, or, you know, uh, what comics cavalcade or something. Um, there was actually a cover mock-up done with all the Charlton heroes and Superman. Um, like, you know, Action Comics Weekly later wound up being all those various characters and a Superman strip to anchor the book. Um, so they were going to do the same thing with this. And I wrote, for that, I actually wrote a 12-part Captain Adam serial, um, mm. six and four pages each. Uh, Jose Delbo had started, uh, had drawn a few pages at least because I have a, uh, I, I have an inked page of the, the first uh, chapter. Uh, but, uh, not the actual thing, the scan of it. But, um, uh, but, you know, that, that fell through. Uh, as Keith Giffen had been working on Peacemaker, uh, for that same project. Mm-hmm. And I think Keith came up with the voices in the helmet thing. Um, and, uh, when, um, I started using, uh, I, I forget how it came about that. I started using him in in uh, Vigilante. Um, it may have just been somebody saying, "Hey, you know the character's free, and yeah, you know, we could do something with it." Uh, but anyway, I started using him in Vigilante and played a little bit with the voices in his head thing. Thing I think that was only like a three issue appearance. Um, well, uh, oh, I mean, oh wow! <laughs> I mean, like, so I, I got to ask you about the so uh, Ken or Max. Have you ever read? Any of that vigilante run the, from the eighties that that book that, that during at least the the years that Paul was writing it, I I, wrote, I had them all back at the time, uh, and then uh, recent like last year during the uh, lockdown, I I remember that was one of the series I read uh, all on DC Universe. So yeah, I, I read all of Vigilante uh, uh, when it came out, and uh, it, it was a a rocking book. Let me tell you, oh. lots of stuff going on in that book. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Max, did you ever read it? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, at, at first, it was kind of spotty because I was reading them as I as I could, but uh, I caught up on it. And uh, recently, actually, just um, 
caught up on on the whole thing on the whole on the whole run and and Paul's section of it and uh and then you know moved over to the um the four issue miniseries to you know just because you know that's a natural transition and it is um yeah it's some crazy stuff <laughs> it's, you know my my head is off to you Paul that that's that that is some it just really just kind of grabs you and shakes you oh well oh, you man. know it was the time you know we were uh, other people had uh you know, Frank Miller and 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 uh, um, uh, Moore had been doing, you know, bringing the grim and gritty, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for characters like Vigilante, that works. I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan of it in superheroes, but mm-hmm. um, you know, but and Vigilante was though he wore a costume, he was not a superhero, and yep. um, and uh, I in fact. I tried very hard to keep costumes out of the joint, uh, for, for the most part, uh, because, uh, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to keep it as, as real and grounded in reality as possible. Um, but, um, yeah, it was nuts. It was, you know, it was, they said go crazy. So I went crazy. <laughs> well, that's see that yeah, I can remember buying that comic. Well, not off the stands because it was a direct only book, but I remember buying it at, at the comic shop that I visited. And that was to me, it's it's like that that quote Neil Gaiman has where it's like the silver age of comics is when you're 12 or whatever because yeah, that's yeah. the best it's going to be. I would have been like 14 and I was just spending all of my money on comics and the that vigilante run I still to this day will say it is one of my favorite runs oh, of you. anybody's ever done because it was so balls to the wall crazy <laughs> and it, it every issue would end and I'd be like holy shit what I can't wait a month. Like it drove me nuts. And that scene where the vigilante is trying to get rescue those hostages on the plane and the peacemaker is just gumming up the works and peacemaker's going crazy and vigilante like puts his hand on peacemaker's arm. He's yeah. like, you know, yo, buddy. And peacemaker's like, You're touching me. You really shouldn't be doing that. And then he kills the title star of the book. He, I was like, "What?" It's like I, it didn't. It didn't occur to me that you could do that in a comic book. And, uh, yeah. And so I wanted to. So one of my questions was, where was DC editorial? They were okay with you. Obviously, they were because it got published. But like, they you didn't get any. The fact they were encouraging you for going that nuts because I was like, how can you? How can you do that to one of your characters? What are these books? What are the the title characters of your book? No one ever said a word to me. Oh man! Wow. You know, no, nobody in editorial came up and said uh, you can't do that. I, you know, I mean, I had an editor I was working with, and and uh, you know that was like, you know, I cleared the stuff with him, and that was it. You know, I think we might have been mature readers by then too. I think so. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. There, there wasn't any. I didn't get any editorial pushback. I. You know. I. I think. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was nuts compared to the the usual, you know, superhero comic book fair. But compared to what a lot of, you know, a lot of the Brits and stuff were doing, um, it was pretty, you know, standard. I mean, not standard, but it, it, I guess it didn't, you know, it didn't freak them out. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't over, over the top. I don't know. I, I guess I just look back on it now and I'm like kind of amazed that of course, as you mentioned, these characters were purchased by DC for Charlton. And I know that it was partly done as kind of a gift to Dick Giordano 
who had overseen those characters while he was at Charlton. But I was just like amazed that like they were letting somebody turn Peacemaker that nuts. Like, you know, cause I was almost like, what can, what are you going to do with him after that? And again, we'll talk about the miniseries in a minute, but like that, you know, I felt like, you know, Captain Action, excuse me, Captain Adam, they were giving it, you know, him a book and Blue, Blue Beetle, they were giving him a book. And it's like some of the other characters, they were trying to find things, but it was like, it, it just felt like, wow, I can't believe they were letting a writer just do this with one of these guys. It's almost like he's the comedian, which of course, you know, they, they became, right. that's the version of it in, in, Watch, in Watchmen. But like that run was just, so, it just felt like anything could happen. Anything. And that was so exciting. That was just so exciting to read of like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to, once you've killed off the title star of your book, you know, What's there well, to- that, was the, that was the second time I'd killed off the title star of the book. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and there well, was one really- to go right at the end. Uh, that's right. There was there was the Alan uh, there was the Alan Wells character, the other judge mm-hmm. that first uh, took up the costume, and then uh, this was the what's his name, the bailiff. Uh, the uh, yeah, the the guy from the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and, um, and then so, Adrian yeah. came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he later off himself. So yeah. So uh, well, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm somewhat of a comic book serial killer. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I do have. I started back with Aqua Baby, and that's and, right. Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been mowing them down since Archie. <laughs> Archie, yeah, you a lot of blood yeah, in your hands, yeah. Copperberg. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no. Well, Archie was asking for. It. <laughs> <laughs> so so when it came time to do the miniseries was it just that it seemed like you were the natural was that oh, was sure. that your that was that your pitch or dc came to you um it was probably me it was probably me going hey he's fun <laughs> what, <laughs> what what more can we do uh so yeah i i i guess it, it, it was probably mine um and you know i don't know that they were excited about publishing it um, but, um, you know, it's like people have been asking, why haven't they reprinted that with the success of the show? And mm. my response is go take a look at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not a politically correct comic book. <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. It was, it was, you know, by 1980, whatever, seven standards. It was pretty typical, you know, attitude with with Middle Eastern terrorists and and uh, you know uh, uh, Asian, uh, di- you know uh, uh, Fu Manchu level villains. You know, it was Doctor Sin Sin, yeah. Doctor mm-hmm. Sin Sin, yeah. It's a, sounds more like a breath mint. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, are you still there? Oh, yeah. Paul, what was it that that interested you in the character? Because I mean, he is—is is it the complexity? Because he he in the Charlton days, he seemed pretty. I mean, it was an interesting idea, but it seemed kind of um, one note, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, other than Ditko, you know, most of those most of those characters were one note. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, Ditko gave them, you know, two or three notes, but. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it, it, again, it's the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, Peacemaker, just the, the absurdity of it. I mean, I really was 
going for absurdity in it. You know, the levels of violence were over the top. You know, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the miniseries starts off with, you know, the Riviera getting attacked and blown up. So, you know, it was like, and then we go from there. Well, I was going to ask you, I'm, I'm a fan of those like uh, 60s, 70s pulp action novels, like the Remo Williams Destroyer oh, sure. books and yeah. Uh, yeah. Mac Bolin and all that sort of thing. I mean, which are like, just talk about politically incorrect, but <laughs> were, were, were those any kind of inspiration for what you were doing? I don't know that they were necessarily inspiration, but you know, they were certainly in my, in my, uh, uh, my, my library of tricks, I guess. Um, you know, that type of, that type of, I mean, comic books for the most part is, is, is pretty similar. You know, the types of writing, it's, it's, uh, ongoing serialized fiction. Um, you know, Dr. Strange, uh, Dr. Doc Savage is, um, is, you know, would have been perfectly at home as a comic book character mm-hmm. uh, if it had originated that way. The shadow, I mean, all these guys have the same elements of, 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 uh, you know, of, of, you know, the fantastic, I, you know, it's something I point out frequently um, because I've actually researched it, <laughs> that at no point in human history has anybody ever donned a costume and gone out into the night to fight crime. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Nobody, not one person. Now, what does this tell us about the concept? That it's nuts. <laughs> Hello, thank you. <laughs> it is nuts. Batman is nuts. Vigilante was nuts. Peacemaker is nuts. They're all nuts. You have to be. Normal people don't do this shit. Simple as that. You know. So, um, you know, I, I just went for I went for over the top with, with Peacemaker. And that's fun, you know, give me, you know, say Tell me that the, 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 the restraints are off and, you know, I'll go and do it. Jeez, Max, now that you've brought it up, like I'm picturing it would have been awesome if they had done or they still could a series of tie-in novels to the Peacemaker miniseries with like painted covers oh. of John Cena as Peacemaker. Like, I'm like, you know, Peacemaker in the triad adventure, you know, <laughs> that kind of like that would be that would be the perfect kind of tie it could, that's, I feel like that's in like James Gunn's wheelhouse. Well, that kind they, of old they, school thing. They've been uh, putting up a series of, uh, of mock Peacemaker covers uh, based on the episodes uh, on, online. Oh, have they? Is wow, that, I yeah. missed them. Oh, I, yeah. I missed that too. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that something you'd be interested in doing? Prose novels in that style? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> listen up dc let's do it yeah let's go let's get this moving everybody come on that would be that would be fantastic so oh man so geez so okay uh that's a perfect segue to the to the tv show before we even get to the show though i do is what were all of your thoughts on peacemaker in the suicide squad in in his introduction in, into mm-hmm. the into the movie so paul what was what did you, did you have, i assume you've seen the suicide squad I have uh, not seen The Suicide Squad. Oh, yet. really? Wow. Yeah, no, okay. I just haven't uh, haven't gotten around to it. I, I was planning to this week uh, uh, or so to, to get to it. But no, I haven't seen the, the movie yet. Okay. All right. Max, have you seen it? I have seen it. Uh, I, first of all, I like that movie much more than the first one. 
Dear God, uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> so much better. One. Oh, so that first better. one is so bad. Oh my God. Yeah, like the second one I haven't seen. The first one I never had any intention of seeing. Oh, yeah. No, oh. You're, you're you're good. <laughs> yeah. My instincts are sharp on these. Yeah. Don't don't waste. Oh, lordy lord. But I. It, it's a. I think it's a good introduction to the character that we eventually get in the series, uh, and you know, and there's a scene. I don't, I don't know how how uh, how much we're trying to avoid spoilers here. Uh, movie has been out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> don't the, the I scene, don't care. Yeah, the scene where he kills Rick Flag uh, <laughs> is is a touchstone that the series keeps coming back to, and is very important in that development and. First of all, let me just say, I never thought I would see a live-action Peacemaker. <laughs> it's insane, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm looking at a human being wearing his exact costume from the comic yeah. book. Helmet and, you know, toilet, toilet seat helmet and everything. And <laughs> it's, you know, and plus, you know, no offense to him, but I also, John Cena was not like someone I would have said, okay, let's put him in a major movie with this character. Uh, but damn if it works <laughs> and, and it works i think it works really well and john cena is like a human stretch armstrong i mean he's just all <laughs> pink and bubbly you know and you know things things are going on yeah. uh but he really kind of brings it home and i think you you obviously don't need to see the suicide squad to be able to watch peacemaker but i do think you get more out of it if you do just for that uh just for that through line yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I I picked up on the whole uh, you know the 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 whole uh, uh, Rick Flag thing. Um, you know, I figured that was what was going on uh, with, with with him. And Cena, you know, it's like I I stopped uh, assuming how people are going to play characters with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody <laughs> was like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like. You know, uh, I mean, it's slightly different. Batman, you have to be able to play Bruce Wayne because, you know, you're seldom actually seen in the costume anyway. <laughs> you know, it's either an animation or a stuntman usually that we're seeing on screen in the costume. So, um, you know, uh, and Cena has to be able to play the whole package. But still, you know, he comes off. It, it, it's a different it's a different take on the character. Um, uh, you know, this is kind of like, you know, he's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, of mice and men almost, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of, he's kind of got a little bit of that going on there. You know, I'd like to pet the bunnies, you know, <laughs> um, so, but, um, but again, you know, from the comic book, uh, but he's also got the insane, you know, he's, he's definitely, uh, the the circumstances, the the backstory they've given him in in the show, with his father being um, you know Silver Dragon and 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 all that, the circumstances are different, but the the um, the subtext of everything that I did in the comic with his you know his dead Nazi father mm-hmm. um, tormenting him, you know, it's it, the same dynamic is there. It's mm-hmm. just with different characters. I assume we're going to see a lot more of Augie in the second season tormenting him, mm-hmm. tormenting him through the helmet. Yeah. I, 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 um, I almost did a spit take. 
<laughs> because I forgot about that aspect at the moment I was watching that. Me too. I, I yeah. saw it and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me, I get to go, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Ken, did you? Actually, my subtext was, oh, cool. Bigger check. <laughs> that's what it comes down to uh ken did you see the suicide squad yeah i enjoyed it too um you know i mean my first reaction to seeing peacemaker in that in that movie i mean first of all he's playing next to you know polka dot man which you know (laughs) (laughs) he's thinking about unlikely characters for major movies you know peacemakers ahead of, of him um but you know I was like, man, they got the costumes smack on, uh, first of all. And, and to see him wearing that helmet was, was right. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, you know, he had that rivalry with Idris Elba's character, right? Um, and uh, what's his name? Bloodsport. Um, trying to each outdo the other with their, with their marksmanship and stuff, which was kind of funny. Um, I didn't like either when he killed Rick Flagg, but, you know, that was his, you know, it makes total sense when you start then watching the show and see him you know sort of uh, grow into a different person uh as much as a crazy you know situation that it was so uh i thought it was it was um you know um pretty pretty neat uh portrayal i thought cena's done a great job with him and and you know makes him um you know here's a guy kills a lot of people but he makes him sympathetic and they go to that uh, encampment of the soldiers and they just wail into the mall and just massacre. And then there's that one guy laying on the table and Peacemaker just walks by and hacks him up without even really any effort. Just goes, and just chops him up like he's salami. And I was like, oh, my. I laughed so hard at that because it was just so like, <laughs> oh, that's so grotesque. And yet I was like, that's exactly. And but, then, but, he, but Paul, but Paul. Cumberberg was talking to him just now about how doing things over the top and you know mm-hmm. it was over the top that's James Gunn must is he like related to you Paul <laughs> uh, no no that's uh, strictly coincidental um, <laughs> no it's it, it, it's weird you know in order to make this stuff palatable it has to be over the top I mean you yeah. could not watch uh, a serious representation of what went on in that scene without being horrified by these people you know by everybody they're all horrible people who are willing to shoot up, you know, and massacre. I, I know that, you know, I was going to, I was just going to say, yes, I know they're really aliens and the, uh, which is, in itself is, you know, ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you have to, you have to make this stuff absurd. It, it has, it has to be over the top. If it, if you gave it, if you portrayed it realistically, it's just, you know, too friggin' horrible. Hmm. I remembered hearing about, you know, that they were going to do a spin-off series. And I remember thinking, really? Like, of all the characters, see John Cena as Peacemaker? That's what they're well, going to do? And But I was like, know, well, all right. I assume James Gunn knows what he's doing. It, I think, you know, it was that Guardians of the Galaxy uh, uh, moment when Marvel put out this movie that I don't think they had much confidence in. Um, and suddenly it became, you know the next big thing and it made both studios go oh it doesn't have to be you know mm. spider-man captain america and iron man i mean hell let's just take iron man uh you know iron man was a was a b character yep. in in the kind of c character frankly at this point you know at, at, at that point 
before the movie was, was made. Um, you know, and now he's a top tier Marvel character. They were the characters they couldn't sell. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that, that they're willing to take chances on things like, uh, you know, Peacemaker and Black Adam and Suicide Squad and, and, uh, and whatever, you know, it's encouraging. I, I think the whole, you know, universe, ongoing storytelling universe, um, uh, across, you know, 10 years of movies is done. Um, I think the future of superhero movies is probably going to be more along the lines of, you know, Joker and the Batman. Hmm. Um, you know, kind of one-offs, more individualized takes on characters than, uh, uh, than kind of, the, you know, because all the Marvel movies, as good as many of them are, they're all the same. You know? They all feel the same. They all feel like Marvel movies. And after 10 years, it's like you're you're kind of, you've been programmed to like them Mm. because you've got so much time invested into this. Um, You know, uh, and I kind of got tired of that whole thing. It's like, I don't want to have to drag all this continuity with me every time I sit down to watch a movie. Um, So... I don't know. I think it's. I think we're going to see more stuff like Joker and uh, and 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 one-off takes on characters. At least I hope so. Well, and serialized stuff plays better on TV. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know I'm a big Star Trek fan. I always thought Star Trek is better on TV than it is in the movies, and because you you get invested in the characters and the. Well, Star the, Trek was created to be a, a exactly you know, to be a TV series. Uh, exactly. Um, so, you know, this Marvel stuff wasn't. But, but I mean, you know, it, it's easily adaptable. You know, that, that stuff is all kind of, um, you know, it, it, it's action adventure stuff. It's, it's what television was made for, you know. It's amazing that uh, the Marvel movies and the DC movies are kind of going to, by accident, sort of replicating the general tone of the universes. The Marvel universe is so inbred. And everything has to line up. And DC was always more like, eh, a little of this over here, yeah. a little bit of this over Let's here. Let's start it over. Let's yeah. start it over. You know, the, this, we could this... have Denny O'Neill and Bob Haney do Batman at the same time. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. they can just do that. And that's how it was working out because – and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit of like, you know, this, this thing does exist in the same universe as the main DC movies. And yet yeah. it feels like, well, yeah, but – <laughs> it's also its own thing. Right. Um, yeah. But before we get to the even the show itself, I, we have to talk about the opening credits. <laughs> you know, we all know nowadays with streaming services, they give you the chance to skip the intro. And this is the only show that like nobody's skipping the intro. No, everybody's watching it from beginning to end because it is so friggin' bonkers. And I remembered sitting down and watching the first episode, not knowing it was coming. And then I just sat there like, okay, that's where we're going. That's what this is going to be. Yeah. Uh, now, have any of you heard, like, I feel dumb that I did not know this, and it, it took my pal and friend of the network, Corey Drew, to point this out to me, what the, the gist is of the opening credits, why they're dancing like that? Do you all, I any have of you no heard clue. that? No. 
uh, all I heard was sort of what you said, Rob, that the, you know, James Gunn wanted to do something where people wouldn't skip over to the, right. people would see, you know, the credits and, and enjoy it. And, you know, he certainly accomplished that goal, but I, I didn't know there was a hidden meeting. somehow. Uh, okay. The hidden meaning is they are dancing like the little animated aliens in the space invaders game. <laughs> if, wow. you, if you play Space Invaders, they move wow. their little dig- their little eight bit digits the same way the people are dancing in the credits, and wow. it's because of course the whole show is about Space Invaders, and oh, I didn't that know is... that. And I, apparently wow. that's a thing. I had Corey over last week, and he told me, and my I, what? Yeah, I was like, what? What are you talking? About? And now I can't unsee it. Now, now that I know that they're doing it, I wow. couldn't, but it's just like, it, and you know, it's so funny. It was like, I, and we're not going to go down this road too far because it's, it's, there's no point. But I remembered right after the first episode debut and some homunculus on Twitter was like, posted a screenshot of like some friggin' Batman V Superman, some Snyder bro thing. And then this, a screenshot of the dancing. And they're like, we could have had this and instead we get this. And I'm like, you know what? You're to quote Patton Oswald, you're gonna miss everything cool and die angry. Cause it's like, I this is what I want. I want this, I want James, I want unique takes on these characters, and that's Hello. what I'm getting. Yes. That is what I'm getting with this. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that kind of goes to what what uh what Paul Kupperberg was saying just now. You know, it has to be absurd, it has to be over the mm-hmm. top. And because that you know, obviously the dancing has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with what's going on the, in the show, except for not the Space Invaders reference. But um, it's, you know, it it is almost, uh, you know, it's it's that sugar to kind of leaven what you know the the ultra violence and <laughs> you know everything else that's gonna, that you're going to be uh, you know witnessing as you watch this show. But it's obviously a show that's not taking itself too seriously in in those terms because it's the good guys and it's the bad guys they're all dancing together and you know john cena just has like no rhythm at all and it's (laughs) you know but it's it's great because it kind of settles you into this mindset before you even start watching the show and i think the same thing happens with the with uh the music that soundtrack just like (laughs) sent me back to my hair metal days that was it's (laughs) the soundtrack is amazing yeah, I it, it there's there's every character is individual, you know, and every character should have their own feel and tone. I and I'm like you know, like I said, the Marvel movies all have kind of the same feel and tone, um, whereas all the Batman movies have been well, you know, individual from each other, as as they are from the Superman movies, which has also been you know, individual from each other. Um, so, you know, there's no, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I like the, I, I like the release, whatever the release version of Superman, uh, you know, uh, of, of the JSA, uh, JLA movie was, I, I thought it was fine. You know, it's not a great movie, but hell, few of them are. Um, it kept me entertained. Um, uh, you know, I had qualms with it, but so what? You know, it, it, I read all these comments, well, not all of them, I read as many as I can stand and then turn away and discuss, but people don't want the entertainment they're given, they want the entertainment they want, you know, 
It's like, if you don't make the movie they wanted you to make, you suck. <laughs> there's no, there's no room in, in their minds for, the, you know, for a different interpretation. If it's not what they want, if it's not what they expect, if it's not the characterization or the events or the ending that they wanted, it sucks. Which is crazy to me because I yeah. had no idea that that this was the Peacemaker show that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. Who would ever Precisely. think to ask for this? And, yeah. you know, and, and I hate to go, you know, uh, I, 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 I hate to run these kids off my lawn, but, you know, <laughs> I grew up in a in a in a day when all we had was um uh you know reruns of Superman uh George Reeves Superman the Batman TV show came on in 66 um uh, you know we had bad Saturday morning animation <laughs> uh you know super friends and crap like that and the uh yeah you know, um, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. leave, leave me alone I grew up my father pointed. My father pointed to Warner Brothers cartoons and said, "Son, that's animation." <laughs> and I've always believed him. Um, you know, so uh, the 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 mere breath and width, width and depth of of available content these days is astonishing to me. Uh, you know, between. The, the the movies and the TV shows and the animated uh, you know DC does all the animated uh, features um, you know I couldn't watch all of it if I wanted to um, you know it, it's just astonishing to me uh, so when I hear people complain uh, you know they're they're sitting at this smorgasbord and they're going ugh there's nothing here I want. <laughs> Well, you know. I agree with you, Paul. I mean, my brother and I, Law and I, I talk about this all the time. He's about my, he's a, he's a comic mm-hmm. fan too. And I'm like, could, would you ever have believed when, I, when we were kids that there would be, in this case, a TV show about Peacemaker or, <laughs> you know, fill in the blank of a Suicide Squad meeting in the first place, let alone two, right? Uh, you know, and so on. And um, even even a Superman movie that didn't look like a guy flying on wires. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. didn't use, you know, that that didn't have cheesy uh, special effects, or a Batman movie that wasn't a cartoon, uh, you know, a TV show and movie that wasn't a cartoon like Batman '66. Yeah, mm-hmm. Star you know. Yeah, yeah. James so, Gunn, yeah. yeah, James Gunn's been talking about this on Twitter. I mean, he's very active there, where he says, you know, you can't go by what people ask for because people don't really know what they want, and he he said like. Nobody asked for Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, then it became yeah. this thing. And it's like, yeah, no, never in a million years would I say, yeah, I, I have the imagination to say, I, let's make Peacemaker the star of an eight-episode TV series with a dance number and uh, <laughs> F-bombs and uh, jokes about Aquaman having sex with fish. Like, yeah. That's what I want. And yet I got it, and now I have to reckon with it. You know, and, and not only of- that, at the end of it, Aquaman shows up and goes, screw you, I don't have sex with this. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just- I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay. I mean, so the, 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 once you sit through the credits all eight times, uh, which again, I did all, I, I, in fact, I watched it more than that. It, yeah. I was going to say, I watched mm-hmm. it a few times. Yeah. After. Just, just that, just that sequence. So, I mean, again, we can, obviously we can't do a review of the whole series of the episodes because there's so much, but like overall, uh, Paul, I will, like, what was your impression of it? I mean, first of all, I feel like the fact that vigilante is a supporting character in the series is, is from you. Because why else would Vigil- yeah. like no one else would think to pair up those characters unless right. the peacemaker had been in your run of vigilante? Right, I, I assume that as well. And yeah. you know, Gunn has has we've you know been in contact on uh, on on Twitter, and you know, uh, James Gunn has been very generous in 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 crediting me and John Ostrander for you know. A lot of the stuff in in the in the movie and the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. Well, just what was your what's your now that you've seen it, oh, you've seen all. Yeah. What was your overall? Did you think it was too long? Yeah. Did you? I mean, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. Uh, I I liked it. You know, it's it, it's an off the rails, um, you know, uh, happy splatter fest, and you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I. You know, I I didn't want to fast forward through through anything, which in you know right there win. Um, it it was well done. You know, again, it took me a while not having seen the movie. It took me, a, although having seen the the promos and stuff, I was kind of you know knew what to expect from seeing this character. Uh, but still, seeing you know the prolonged effort, it was like okay, this isn't the guy I wrote. But this is a guy I definitely could write. Hmm. You know, I could see that I, I definitely see where he's coming from with his handling of, of Peacemaker. Um, you know, I, I so and like I said, the circumstances are different, but the whole, you know, the, the, the whole tone and and, um, and 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 the dynamics um, are, you know, are similar to what. I did in the comic book. So, you know, it's, it's familiar and comfortable to me. What did you think about the, the, the science fiction, science fiction, nature of it is that peacemaker generally in the comics fought more earthbound kind of threats. And here it's, you know, it's about as big sci-fi as it gets. I mean, what, how did you feel like those two ideas sort of meshed? That's fine. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's comic books. Uh, <laughs> There's, uh, I, I mean, you know, I, again, you get to the end of the, the end of the last episode and there's a, there's another alien hovering there. So, mm. you know, um, aliens are part of that world. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that. I, I thought it was, it, it was, uh, it was actually a good bit. You know, it, 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 it allowed for a, a lot of great, uh, you know, kind of twists and turns. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Ken, what did you think? I enjoyed it quite a bit. I wasn't sure I was going on. Usually don't go in to get in for, you know, the super, you know, violent kind of shows. So I actually didn't watch the first week or two. I think I've watched the first three episodes all at once and then watched it weekly after that. Um, but I enjoyed it, uh, you know, quite a bit. Again, I thought uh, similar to what Paul just said, you know, it's not the same character from the comic books, but he, it was an interesting character. I really liked Vigilante a lot. 
I thought he was a riot. He's such a doofus. <laughs> he was a riot. He was nothing like any of the vigilantes, no. you know, Adrian Chase or any of no. them. Mm-mm. But his costume was awesome. He wasn't even like Greg Saunders. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he, <just had> <laughs> he, he was like, he was like no vigilante. But no he was vigilante a riot. Ever. He was a riot. I really did like him. I think the, the alien thing um, is, is you know, I, I think back to um, – you know, the backlash from when at the end of the Man of Steel movie, you know, there's a big battle in Metropolis and all these buildings get crashed and all these people clearly have, have died. And ever since then, it's been really hard to have these big, you know, battle sequences. Here he is. He's able to kill tons and tons of people ostensibly because they're all alien have already killed them. They're already taken over. Right. And, and, or, you know, like in a lot of the Marvel movies, they're robots or they're, you know, these aliens from the Avengers, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that makes it palatable to the, you know, to the world. So, yeah, zombies. I mean, you know, it's zombies, mm -hmm. like the walking dead. It's like killing zombies, you know. All that stuff. But I I think. That's where uh, I got from it. Yeah. And I think kind of, there's a par- he's parroting the whole kind of sitcom format too with mm-hmm. this show, you know. So when it comes to to vigilante and and peacemaker, you know, it's really like you know the the Wally and the Beave. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, that's that's a show I would have watched. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Ken, had you had you seen any of of James Gunn's stuff? That wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you seen any of his other movies? Um, I can't remember. I have not seen the um, the the Sean the you know the the what are they called? Slit. The, well, he did Slither. Yeah, I've not a, seen that. I'm okay. not a big horror movie kind gotcha. of guy. So, okay. so you know, it it had a it had a, a a Guardians feel from the standpoint of how the characters interacted and wisecracked and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, you know, the the shackles were off. Right. As opposed to the Marvel Disney, you know, formula. Right. It was that, you know, he basically sort of like Paul, he did whatever he wanted to. And, you know, Warner Brothers and HBO Max said, you know, have at it. Yeah. I mean, if you Guardians is is unique in his filmography and that it is so kind of family friendly, friendly mm-hmm. and gentle. But mm-hmm. you, you've seen some of any of his like his trauma movies or Slither or Super. Mm-hmm. That's his milieu is blood soaked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. F bomb dropping, and so when I, you know, when I saw Suicide Squad, even that was sort of slightly gentle, if you can believe it, mm-hmm. uh, in his mm-hmm. filmography. And then I thought, boy, they're re- okay with peace. This is going to be all Peacemaker. I think I know what I'm getting here. Like, and even then, he went kind of beyond what I expected. Some of the dialogue, stuff like that, and some of the unfiltered, hateful stuff that Robert Patrick says in the show. Yeah, like, I, oh I, my I, god! Yeah, you know? like, oh, that was he was he was hard to watch. Oh man, on, mm-hmm. on, on purpose. I mean, he was yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. He was, he was very um, convincing, you know, and, uh, but hard to watch. Yeah, he was. Max, what was your overall feeling of the show? I loved it. I I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I do like movies that are like this is going to make me sound like a psychopath. I do like movies that are <laughs> that are ultra violent, uh, but kind of like what we're talking about. You know, the violence that is so over the top that it's absurd. You know that it becomes it becomes Dada-esque. You know, it's just you can't take it seriously because it is just so over the top. It was no snuff, you know. Right, exactly, and <laughs> and and it wasn't grim. It was all kind of tongue in cheek, and that made it really enjoyable. Um, and you know, you, you, we were talking about the the sci-fi element. 
that was kind of what I liked about Peacemaker, the character, was that that was kind of a natural progression for a character who, from the beginning, always seems to be a little bit over in over his head. Yeah. Uh, he never quite seems to have... I mean, he's very good at killing people. He's excellent at killing people. But uh, everything else in his life is a mess. You know, he's he's broke. He's living in this rundown trailer park. He has no friends except for this, you know, vigilante who is a complete sociopath. And it's it's really interesting because um, we're talking about how, how crazy everything is. But there is kind of a lot of nuance in the way the characters are kind of developed over these eight episodes. And I think that's really important because it makes you care about these characters who are just from one to the other, you know, including Leota, who is like the most human of these, of the characters, but every character is awful (laughs) doing terrible things and people that you should not like, but all of them somehow come across as endearing, which is a really neat trick. Well, again, it's, it's, you know, it's a sitcom take on things. I think he just, he's made it into a family Mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's a very strange family. Uh, but you know, frankly, and it's in, in, in its anger and, and, and hate far more believable than the Cleavers. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so. Yeah. I mean, some of the I most have, painful, though, some of the most painful scenes had nothing to do with violence. That was like when Economos is, is explaining why yeah. his beard looks like that. Right. You know, yeah. Those, oh God. Yeah. I mean, those are just painful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good, no, good they're, call they're, out. Yeah, good call yeah, out. Max. There were there were a few of those moments in the show, you know, with uh, and even Cena himself, you know, where he kind of is starting to to look at himself and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not totally gone yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's also part of the reason why he's uh, you know he's he's acceptable and 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 you know and likable is that despite every horrible thing he does. You know, he's he, he feels it, uh, and he knows he knows there's something wrong. That's well, that again, that's a perfect segue to to another thing I specifically wanted to mention was we have to talk about John Cena in in the title role. Uh, in that, you know, I mean the the idea that wrestlers can be good actors that's not new anymore. There's lots of examples of right, you know, The Rock especially or Dwayne Johnson, but there's others. Well, they're, they're, they're all actors, you know. Right, right. I mean, they're all yeah. actors, yeah. right, of course. I mean, they're, 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 I worked for WWE for, oh. for, for uh, a couple of months. Uh, and uh, Well, you were heavyweight champion in 1992, right? I think I remember. I just, yeah, it was just, you know, I came in off the street and they went, this is what we need. This will bring in viewers. Uh, no, don't take your shirt off, please. Um, but uh, you know there 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 are there are offices full of people who you know write storylines write those storylines it's all mm-hmm. it it's all acting and 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 uh and and ad lib so but there's something about Cena's face that even though he has such a ridiculously brutish build and and by the way like you know James Gunn never tires of putting John Cena in his tidy whities yeah and just which for a laugh like he just yeah. really you know um, but there's something about Cena's face that even though it can be kind of brutish looking, by the way, he has the biggest nasal labial trough of any human I've ever seen. He's, <laughs> his muzzle is like Homer Simpson. I've never seen a human like that. But when he looks hurt, like mm-hmm. when his dad is saying these horrible things to him, 
yeah. or like when you know Die Beard or you know I, I, geez I'm calling him Die Beard uh, Economos you know, Economos <laughs> excuse me I've got him turning into a bully when when Economos it's almost like Shaggy here it's like so it's like when Economos is is saying how much he's hurt by what you know uh, Peacemaker says like Peacemaker John or, or Christopher Smith his face kind of gets this sort of like hurt puppy look like, and he doesn't realize what a dick he's being or, or like when Harcourt tells him in the bar, like, can I just get a drink and not be, but you know, not be annoyed. But, and he looks like he doesn't like, it's a guy who's been in this weird alt-right awful bubble his whole life. He's raised by a monster and he doesn't realize what an awful way he's being to people and he looks hurt and he almost looks like he wants to do better and that's something particular about seeing his face and obviously gun saw that in him and knew how to bring it out because there was part there were parts where i was like wow i'm really getting caught up in this and then like the scene where i thought that they were going to kill eagerly yeah and and like i'm like i'm getting verklempt over a cgi eagle that talks basically well when, when eagly hugs him in the, oh my in the god <laughs> yeah the first time it's funny the second time you're like wiping tears from your yeah. eyes <laughs> not fair yeah i'm like i'm really getting caught up and there's just so like cena really can and you know the idea that he would be the lead across eight hours of Peacemaker. I mean, that's, you know, what, four movies if they had decided to do these as movies? And he could fill that space. I mean, again, the other characters are, are great. All the other actors are great in it. Uh, Abadayo is a great character. You get Vigilante, we talked about it. We have, God, we got to mention Judo Master. I can't believe I live in a world where Judo Master is in. I'm looking at live action Judo Master. Just Gunn saw something in Cena that Cena that really is able to pull that off. And I I'm just like I'm really impressed, and it makes me. I have not seen John Cena in other movies. I know he's in Bumblebee, and he was in this movie called Cockblockers, which everyone says supposedly is very very funny. He plays the dad and that a dad and the thing. Supposedly he's I haven't really seen him in two angels, but I just thought he was terrific as Peacemaker, and I could see a lot of other actors playing it a little more what you'd expect, and maybe he would be more one note, but. He has kind of a lot of sides to him, which is amazing for a character who's again is loves peace so much he's willing to kill for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think again the the wrestling experience. Um, you know, his character in the ring was was. Uh, was I mean, I remember he he was a good guy. He, he was one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. So you know, he. I I think he he kind of. You know, trained use that training in in the ring. I, I think he's a guy who who looked at Dwayne Johnson and went, "Oh yeah, mm. that's the way to go." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think a lot. You know, I I I don't watch wrestling anymore because I don't have to. But <laughs> when I was working there, you were actually supposed to watch at least one event a week. And fortunately, I wasn't there long enough to go to one of the mandatory. Uh, uh, live events, you know, to attend a live event. Wow. But, um, yeah, no thanks. Um, but a lot of these guys are pretty good actors. You know, they, they can, they, they have, you know, they're, they're very, they, they pull off their characters very well. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of that is because it's key to their personalities uh, to a certain extent, but maybe not because, you know, I work for McMahon. He's not that bright, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think there, there's, you know, there's a lot of good actors in wrestling. It's kind of like, you know, comedians who, who, you know, make good dramatic actors. Mm. Um, I think they, you know, there's, there's more pain in comedy than, than people realize. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certainly more pain in wrestling than, than I want to know about. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I'm glad that this was done as a series rather than a movie. Uh, because I think it kind of, it does justice to the story and to the characters and, you know, getting to John Cena, especially, I think this kind of gave him a chance to, to lean into the character, the, the further it went, because the, the first episode, he is kind of like the meathead you expect, you know, he's, he's kind of the jerk that you met in the suicide squad, but then that develops over the next few episodes and and John Cena really was given a chance to kind of just grow into that, which I think is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, it's and I know that you know that these wrestlers can be great actors and or you know at least very compelling actors. But again, there was something again. And a lot of this has got to be James Gunn. Is that I never got tired of spending this time with Peacemaker. And that I can't never even say that about some of the other, and I don't mean to, I'm not trying to like slam other things, but just, I can't make yeah. comparisons. Like some of these Marvel shows, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I need to spend six hours with Loki, right? You know, like mm-hmm. by hour four, I'm like, eh, I think I'm good. And yeah. it's not that it's not that Tom Hiddleston's not a great actor or he's bad in the role. There's just something about the character where I go, all right, I don't know if I need to see a whole lot more of this, but like Peacemaker, I kept wanting to, I was like, yeah, I, okay. And, and then when I, you know, I didn't know how many episodes there were. And then when I saw, okay, it's eight. Okay. I'm like, and I didn't, I think I learned that there were eight, like around episode four. I finally looked it up and I saw, oh, okay. there's. Eight. And then I was like, that's good. Like, I wasn't like, oh God, four more of these. It was like, no, all right, great. Like, keep, keep going and showing me different crazy things. Cause again, gun kept delivering things. And as you talk about Max, like he does, he's kind of like a, just a lunkhead at the beginning, <laughs> but then he grows. And then at the same time, I have to say, like, you know, uh, Gunn is able to deliver some really fun ultra violence, as, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, Alex, uh, Alex would say in a Clockwork Orange. And I mean, like, you know, like my lizard brain was firing in all cylinders. Like when they killed all the clan members, I was like, Oh, this is really satisfying. Watch, you know, I was like, this is really cool. And like, I also love the idea again of having vigilante in it and that it, they are kind of like an insane Wally and Beaver in that like peacemaker is act compared to vigilante. Peacemaker is careful and reserved, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And it's like, wow, I didn't think they could come up with a, somebody that would look even more, unhinged and, right. and of a of a you know loose end than than peacemaker but vigilante is just going through life just just killing people and just taking crazy chances and throwing grenades and whatever and it's like yeah peacemaker is the guy who's got to be like whoa whoa adrian let's rein it in a little here it's like this is crazy um so again it's just a it's a great performance by cena and i am very happy that they're going to do uh, another season of this like i'm like all right you know yeah, and and I agree, Max. I think it works better as a series. 
than if they just done a Peacemaker movie and it was squeezed into two hours. Now, you know, Peacemaker, uh, something like this, you need to you need to open it up and, and you need to, you know, explore the, the, the interactions of the characters and, and the character itself, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, having recently written my first screenplays, you know, hired by, by somebody who, who turned their ideas into screenplays, um, I kind of realize why so many movies are so bad. Um, because you just don't have time to be good. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, there, there's a certain, you know, you need to get a certain length. They want, you know, ideally they want 90 minutes. Um, oh, I and, wish movies were 90 minutes nowadays. Everything, yeah. Everything's two yeah. hours and 20 minutes. At this yeah. Point. But, oh, you know, God. but even, two, even two hours, you know, yeah, that's still not a lot of time. Yeah. Right. That, that's 120 pages. And, uh, you know, it, it, it goes, it was like the first draft of my first one was, uh, was, uh, it was 250 pages. <laughs> you know, wow. I was like, Oh, this is full of great stuff. And then I get to the end and I went, well, nobody's filming this. Uh, <laughs> nobody was filming it anyway, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, but, and then I went back and I cut it, you know, down to whatever, I think 95. Holy jeez. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, which is what it should have been originally. But, you know, what, then what's left is like, all the stuff that you that you went now this you know this builds the character this shows this you're, you're able to this interaction is this that's all gone because you just you, you you need to tell the story you need you need to get from A to B to C and and you got to cut out those neat character bits and that you know those 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 moments uh, you know it'll be interesting or or fun or whatever and just stick to story um, you know by the time you get to, to 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 the time you've got on the screen, not a lot, especially mm. in these action adventure movies with a lot of characters and and uh, uh, you know uh, uh, plot twists. So. Yeah, wow, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's it's giving it. I always again, I feel like some of these TV shows go on too long. Like there's yeah. there's too much, but when you when I, I feel like Gun knew how to fill all eight hours. And I didn't feel like at any point that the show was spinning its wheels nope. or yeah. anything like that. You know, it was really kind of, you know, like, okay, we kept clicking these, uh, these twists and turns. And even in the very end where we finally see the cow, you know, this, this massive right. thing we've been hearing about. And then the cow isn't even really the exact thing that we thought it was. Cause we, of course we assume it's going to be this giant nasty, even kind of like Starro at the end of Su- mm-hmm. well, suicide squad. It's no, it's, it's okay. I mean, yeah, their, their plan was still pretty nefarious, but it's not exactly the thing that they were leading up to. And it's a twist at the end, which again, I appreciated that the gun knew to kind of like, all right, I'm going to hold that surprise for the final episode. So, all right. So, uh, one thing I had to ask everybody before we wrap up here is one of the fun things about the peacemaker is that, yeah, it's its own thing, obviously, but it does still fit. It still is part of the greater DC universe, DC cinematic universe. I mean, from the references again to Aquaman having sex with fish and, you know, and the fact that, that four members of the justice league show up at the end of this thing, (laughs) only to have peacemaker basically tell them to F off, which is just amazing. And by Um, the way, validating practically everything he said, 
Yeah. You know, all, all his <laughs> tall tales, like you're going, no, you're making that up. No. Yeah. <laughs> he knows the JLA. It's amazing. Just such a yeah. great such a baller move to kind of just be like, yeah, F off, you guys. You're the J. Yeah. You see, he just told Superman <laughs> to F off. It's just amazing. Yeah. But I want to ask you all, did you have a particular, particularly favorite DC reference that James Gunn dropped in? I, there was probably some that even I missed. I was, as I was watching it with my fiance, who doesn't know this stuff at all, I would, you know, in an effort to uh, elucidate her, but also not bore her to tears, I would pick and choose what to mention. I'd say, oh, well, that's <laughs> this, that's this, you know, whatever. But uh, there were some that I were, thought were just so delightful. So I'm going to start with you, Paul. Did you have a particular favorite reference that you were like, oh, good, you know, good on you, James Gunn? I, I kind of thought the whole Aquaman thing was kind of ballsy, uh, <laughs> you know, going going back to that old, uh, you know, chestnut. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he paid it off. He, 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 um, he gave it a punchline. So, you know, kudos to him. And My good face. on good on James uh, Jason Momoa for showing yeah, up yeah. and playing, uh, being a good sport, being, being a, good a good sport. sport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite, I do have a least favorite. Uh, DC okay. Was when uh, when when they uh, when they were attempting to name check me, they named my brother <laughs> instead. Oh, that, that's right. They mentioned Alan Cumberbatch. Yes. And it's like mother. <laughs> even, from the, even from the grave, and grabs the attention. Guys, <laughs> uh, getting one up on you from the great beyond, Paul. That's just he, uh... he, look. You know, this is. This, <laughs> uh, I could tell you stories, but instead, I instead I wrote a memoir that nobody wants to publish. Uh, <laughs> You gotta get on that. I want to read that. That's for damn sure. Uh, uh, so you'll be surprised. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Ken. What was your favorite DCU uh, mention? Uh, uh, one word: Batmite. I, <laughs> I, my jaw hit the ground. I was dying. I, I don't know that I, I heard the next few minutes of the show because I was laughing. I said, "I cannot believe we just dropped Batmite into the show." I, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Max, matter eater lad. <laughs> that was such a crazy reference, and then he goes off on it about how it's weird, and, you know. Just, and you know, but I love that it opens up this idea that now it's canon in the DCU that you know there is the Legion of Superheroes, <laughs> there is Batmite, there you know, matter eater lad somehow mixed up with Peacemaker. It is insane. And I, I just, I love that reference. Yeah. I, I feel like James Gunn had like who's who out and was just <laughs> flipping through it and going, that's ridiculous. All right, let's do that. Uh, I, my, what about you, Rob? What was yours? Well, that's the thing. I, I, I got to say Batmite. Uh, partly, partly, partly for the reference and also because of the implications mm-hmm. of the greater DC <laughs> cinematic universe. Because that means the super self-serious, no fun at all, Ben Affleck Batman is in the same world as an interdimensional imp dressed like him. <laughs> I just I just love James Gunn just saying, you know what? We're taking this all too goddamn seriously. Hello. So there's an interdimensional imp who dresses like Batman, and I'm just picturing Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, uh, you know? <laughs> and yet there's a little guy like, hi, Batman! Like, I just... I'm like, oh, they got to pay that off someday. <laughs> they have to. They just have to. I just can't, you know? 
So it was, it, yeah, there were other references like I said that I, that I caught and, and some that I'm sure that I missed, but that I heard Batmite. I just thought, you know, James Gunn, God bless you. You know, I just thought that <laughs> yeah. was so impressive. I was just unbelievable. Oh, I also, I also like his stuff. He certainly yeah. does. I also like that Green Arrow apparently is a brony. <laughs> According yeah. to Peacemaker. <laughs> that was great. And apparently he got uh, Stephen Amell got into some sort of Twitter war about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. I just oh my God. This is absolutely fantastic. James Gunn is just like a kid in a candy store, you know, just like can you imagine like going through I mean again, which wouldn't be surprised. This is a guy that put polka dot man in a movie. So I mean we nothing surprising anymore. But but even that bat might still feel like, wow, that was like one step further into what could be done here. And I thought that was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. So, I mean, my final question kind of everybody was, but I think we know the answer to this. Would you watch a season two? But I think we were all very positive on this show. So I think all of it, right? Paul, you would, you would watch oh, a second season. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. No question. Part, part of it is you get checks for it. So that's nice. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> he doesn't it's need to watch thing. to get that though. No, well, that's no, true. That's, it's not required that I watch. This isn't uh, wrestling. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, I, you know, fortunately, um, the first thing of mine that you know makes it into a major uh, a major production is uh, is something that I actually enjoyed. No, <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. I I mean I I know as a comic nerd, and I think uh, Max and and Ken, you guys probably maybe do this as well. When you go see one of these movies, right? Uh, or you watch a TV show, you purposely wait to see that credit card on the screen mm-hmm. of the creators. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. That yeah. always gives me such a thrill because I'm yeah. waiting for it. I'm like, come on. And I yeah. watched Peacemaker and then I saw all those names and I saw yeah. yours, Paul. And I just feel this sense of pride of like, these are people that I know and they're their names on the screen. It's just <laughs> these, so- are, these are my people. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it, it. For me, it, it's this ridiculous uh, state of my life where not only can I not watch most superhero films without seeing somebody I know referenced or you know making it into the uh, into the end credits, uh, but I can't watch a pop culture uh, 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 you know documentary without somebody I know popping up, you know, <laughs> as a talking head or something. So um, uh, you know, but I, I it's to me it's it's been like you know, there's my name on the screen. <laughs> and, you know, I know it's just, you know, it's really, it's, it's no big deal. It's, it's just, you know, I just happen to be the guy who, who happened to do whatever. And, and, you know, out of, out of courtesy, they, they stuck my name up there with, with these other guys. But um, it's, it, it, even in Peacemaker, you know, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, well, like I knew most of these people. I know or knew most of these people. And I've worked with like, you know, at least a dozen of them. Um, so it's very weird to me. It's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm in this place that as a kid would have just like, uh, you know, made my head explode. I mean, you know, the fact that I, I, I you know, I knew Julie Schwartz um, and worked for him and, you know, was a friend of his and, you know, could make jokes with him. You know, growing up reading JLA, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, even meeting the man, let alone being his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now I'm having this experience every time I turn on the TV with these shows. Well, I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to speak for Max and, and Ken here, but I feel like we I all feel the same way. Should. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like we all feel the same way being here with you, Paul. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting to, I, you know, I was reading your vigilante comics using my hard earned uh, allowance money, reading those comics. And now we get to sit and talk to you about yeah. this. It's just like the most exciting thing ever for us nerds. <laughs> yeah. This has been a real treat. Yeah, thanks a lot. We really Thank you, but it. you need to get live. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, worked out, it's worked out so Cause, far, Paul. I don't know. Because I mean, I've, I've met me and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all know, as I said, James Gunn is big on Twitter. I think we should, uh, and again, Paul, uh, I mean, Ken and, and uh, Max and I and the, the network, I think we're going to band together and try and get some sort of campaign going to get you on the show. Like get you a cameo. Oh, yeah. You're relatively photogenic. I think you could do it. I don't even care about a cameo. What I want him to do is is uh, make checkmate his next series. Ah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Where's the Arian Lord of Atlantis show? Let's get that. Hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> so, well, that oh man, that would that would be amazing. So, uh, I mean, again, yeah, Peacemaker. It's just one of those things that came kind of came out of nowhere and delighted everybody to one extent or the, or the other. And I really said, I'm very excited to, to see season two whenever they, that comes up. But man, a very satisfying uh, experience watching this. And as was getting to talk to you, Paul, I get literally as soon as I heard they were doing it and that vigilante was a character, I thought, Oh man, they are, they are playing in Paul's backyard big time. And I could not wait to hear what you thought about this show. So I was just I'm so, so thrilled to be able to, uh, you know, have you on the show and, and talk to you about this. So, uh, again, thank you so much for, for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, it was lots of fun. So before we sign off, I do uh, want to get you to, to to be able to plug where you can be found on the Internet. And specifically, I want you to mention everybody about your new book project that's that's up on Amazon. So tell people what that is. Uh, well, uh, uh, I actually have two new books out at the moment. Uh, one is called uh, The Devil and Leo Persky. And uh, that's a uh, collection of uh, half a dozen short stories and a brand new novella about a character who works for uh, a very thinly disguised Weekly World News in a uh, in, in a universe where everything they print is absolute truth. Hmm. Um, and uh, the other book is called Supertown, and uh, it's from Helios Fair Press, and it's a uh, a young reader's novel about a little uh, a little Jer- town on the Jersey Shore that you can't get to from here, where uh, a kid who wants nothing more than to become a superhero when he grows up lives and, uh, uh, you know, is content to patrol his, his town streets as whiz kid until a real superhero moves to town and hilarity ensues. <laughs> awesome. And what's your, what's cool. your website? Like, what's your... your- uh com. all right and also facebook and twitter just uh, you know at paul kupperberg all right excellent well again thank you so much for doing this and max ken thank you so much for for joining me to to do this show i was so uh, i and from again from like episode two i was like i really want to do something on this so thank you so much for 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 joining me this was a blast thanks for well, having thank us you, Rob. Rob. Absolutely. So, of course, everybody, you can find all the back episodes of FW Presents on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can follow the network over on Twitter at FW Podcast. And then finally, if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, just go to patreon.com slash FW Podcast. And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to David S. Gutierrez and Gord Tolton for their support of the Fine Water Podcast Network. So 
that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let us know in the comments what you thought of Peacemaker. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you all later. Bye. I'm your dog, the invisible bone. Yeah.